Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tesla of Wrestling.com, joined by Ring of Honor star Taylor. Russ, Taylor, how are you doing today? Hey, brother. Not so bad. Doing pretty good out here in the West. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, over here, uh, I'm in New Jersey, so a bit of a cold one as we prepare for the winter here. But oh, that being said, it is, uh, as we're recording December 1, the time for, I guess, you know, a fitting time for, for retrospection, looking back on the on the year that's been. And for you, it's been an, it's been an eventful one. You were in WWE, you were in Ring of Honor, uh, and now uh, kind of moving forward here in a, with a very open future, let's say, and obviously we've asked to talk about between all of those things. But So of that, I guess it makes uh, the most sense to start with Ring of Honor. That's uh, the, the most topical thing in the moment. Just yesterday, your match with Chris Dickinson aired on Ring of Honor week by week. Now, fortunately, uh, Chris uh, came away with the win, but it was a very, very good match. And ironically, um, with Chris being kind of the one of the leading members of Vance Limited, you being uh not in a moment, not a member of the foundation, but uh, in Ring of Honor being one of the at the forefront of the, this emphasis of pure wrestling. Yeah, we're we're like in you know cahoots basically. Exactly. We can't see the same. Exactly. So with that being said, I thought it was a very good you know clash of the two styles and you know a, a good uh, a showcase of, of that pure wrestling style there. So I guess uh, off the top here, uh, what was it like facing Chris Dickinson and, and on Ring of Honor programming? Uh, Dickinson's one of those guys kind of on top of his game right now, man. Like he's really like probably better than I think I've ever seen him before. He's, he is just pure and like a ball of intensity, you know what I mean, in that ring. So I really thrive in the environment of those guys, those kinds of people, because, you know, that's going to bring up the best of you always. And I, I really enjoyed our match that we had. You know, we basically had like a real, I like to call it like a kind of like a classic ROH style, where I remember growing up, you know, uh, like when I first started wrestling, uh, ROH was – hot thing you know in the indies and it was really the only thing that was kind of a hot thing in the indies because we're talking like the year like 2005 right that like i'm like breaking into the business trying to make my name like not only make my name just figure out what to do in this world of wrestling and you see this product of roh and these guys are incredible and then they have like Samoa joe and see punk anderson this goes you know and they're doing this hard hitting you know style that nobody else can compete with and well, I think ROH has changed in a lot of ways. I like about the fact that I'm there is I feel like I emphasize a lot of that style back into it. And like what me and Dickinson were doing there, and even the match before with me and like Tracy Williams, like we really bring out, I think, that classic ROH style back into it that people kind of like probably originally fell in love with, I think. Absolutely. And you mentioned the match from Chase Williams there, and you, you just said you're essentially in, in cahoots with the foundation. So that one, that match, another one where definitely about the emphasis of, of peer wrestling of that old school, at least the old yeah. school Ring of Honor feel. Uh, with, with the Chase Williams match, you picked up the win, and that was a rematch every match with Tracy back from the pure title tournament last fall. So uh, with the second time around facing Chase Williams there, um, what, what was that experience like facing him on, on a special show like Honor for All? Like the first time we ever wrestled uh, in the peer tournament, that was also the first time we ever actually met, and uh, it was very interesting because of that. Like, oh, we've never actually really talked ever, even in the circuit, we'd never been in locker rooms together. So it was a very interesting interaction we had, but uh, we just had really good chemistry. And the second chance to kind of go at it with each other, we we're definitely a lot more comfortable with one another. We knew each other, you know, a good bit more, and I felt a lot more naturally confident about like hey i don't know how this is going to go but i can tell it's going to be good already so tracy williams is a good dude uh, i mean i have really good chemistry naturally 
and again, one of those guys that likes to emphasize, you know, uh, technical wrestling and telling a story on the mat. So it's an interesting thing when you can get two people, I think, that have really spent like their careers focusing and training themselves to be able to tell a story on the mat, because that's kind of an art form that's, you know, not like a lost art, I want to say, but just one that's hard to come by more so nowadays. A lot of times I find people in uh, wrestling schools and I'd say, hey, let's just warm up with, you know, rolling around a little bit. The first thing I usually get told is, okay, I'm not very good at that though. And it's like practicing all these spots, but you don't try and practice your, the basics. Your basics. No yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm a pretty go to basics kind of guy. That's pretty much most of my stuff, man. And I'll say it all day long. It's it's pretty much what I do is just most of the basics, but like do the basics very well. And if you do the basics very well, I mean I've been doing this stuff for seventeen years now consistently and you know i've never had major injuries knock on wood uh with it and i always attribute that to hey man I don't yeah I do the basics very well and it give you a long career if you're able to do this actually you know efficiently i think so would you say that's kind it. of a general I don't want to be too critical, but a general kind of observation maybe for, for wrestling here today, where, where it is a lot of this emphasis on spots or high flying and maybe some more of the flash, but a little less of the, of the stake, if you will, a little more, a little less of a, of a, an emphasis or, or importance or preference for, for the basics for, um, for as, as you were saying a minute ago, that, that kind of mat based style, what do you say the, the business has kind of changed or is changing in that way to something to that effect? Yeah, I mean, it definitely has, but it's not to say it's a bad thing either. It's everyone's got their own taste. Everyone has their own style. You know, some people prefer, you know, to watch and see a more high-flying-esque, you know, style, more high-impact match. Some people might say what I do when the mat is boring. And, I mean, everyone's got their own state, their own taste and style. And it's not that either opinion, I think, is incorrect for it. It's just about how you prefer to go about it. And... I mean, I'm 34 now, so if I had done, you know, I was doing a lot of high-impact stuff early on in my career, in like my PWG days when I was doing stuff in Japan, right? A lot of high-impact moves then. I remember a lot of like springboard flat-back drop kicks, which just absolutely ruined my neck. And because of those days, now that I'm still doing this 10 years after it, like it's like, hey, I got to like find ways to preserve myself, but keep it going long-term, you know, I mean, for a good career in this business. So Absolutely. it's just, it's just my personal thing really as it means for everybody. Some guys can make work really well with doing all these high impact moves and making a long-term career with it and their bodies go with it, man. And that's amazing. They can do that. Uh, I don't know how Jack Evans has done it all these years, man. That guy's got insane body. <laughs> that he does, but obviously you're, you're making your, your style work very, very well. And, uh, you know, as, as I said earlier, you uh, returned Ring of Honor. You had the match with Chase Williams, this most recent one with Chris Dickinson. Before that, your return came at Death of Fortis Honor in September, where you faced Jake Atlas. So definitely an exciting return there with Ring of Honor, uh, you know, picking kind of you two guys at, at the time as uh, two of these standout uh, talent that had been released, that had been kind of uh, newly available on the market and to put them together there. Uh, in that match, you know, what was it like to kind of come back to Ring of Honor, uh, considering the circumstances, to face Jake Atlas and and, and to be in a in a fairly high profile match like that? Uh, that was very comforting, I would say, because uh, you know, shitty feeling always 
he get released. It's like, uh, we all know what we signed up for realistically, so I'm not going to blame anybody or any of, any of them even for that. I mean, we all know what we signed up for. So uh, one of the first things I did afterwards, though, was I contacted the powers of and ROH because I still kept a good relationship with them because I'd only worked with them for just a year prior to that. And uh, it was open arms, you know, and it was like, yes, we'd love to have you back. You know, we'll be in touch and we'll give you some dates. And then they told me, hey, we're going to put you on the uh, pay-per-view Death Before Dishonor. And it was like, that's, this is the way I want to come back. This is the way I want to really kind of make my scene back into the world of professional wrestling outside of WWE. You know, ROH, Death Before Dishonor, that's a statement, man. You know, if I come back and I just appear on some local town's, you know, independent show, not knocking it, but like I'm past that stage in my career, man. Like... If that's all I'm worth anymore, then I probably shouldn't wrestle, I don't think. I think my time might be done. So staying in these high-profile events is very necessary, I think, for me at least, my own personal standings, to be able to show that your worth is constantly there. You know, it's not so much you have a good match. It's where you're having a match, you know, exactly. I've had countless very, very good matches and nowhere knows it, Oregon. And I got tired of those days a long time ago. Now it's really, really important to me to be able to have these outings where it matters and when it matters, because otherwise you're, you're not really growing and advancing yourself. And so pushing for it, maybe it might be hard to come by, but pushing for those events, pushing for those high profile times, that's really essential, I think, in your growth, you know, making it worth it. So Death Report is Honor, with Jake Atlas, you know, of ROH, that was definitely just a cosmic feel to come right back into that fold with them. It really was. It was a great match. Very much enjoyed it. It was very much, uh, as you kind of said, a, a way to make a statement about your return uh, to the wrestling world outside of WWE. But to hone on something you said uh, as a perfect segue now, you know, uh, with its emphasis on you know, wanting to have those events and the, and the, the meaning of where you're having these matches, you know, now moving forward, I want, we'll talk about the WWE stuff in a minute, but now to look forward for a minute, um, you know, obviously a lot of uncertainty, a lot of kind of just generally everything's kind of up, up in the air at this point, Ring Ronda going on hiatus uh, for the first quarter of 2022 and uh, by all intents and purposes, you know, really going on, going in a, in a new direction and, and it's just in a, in a new vision for the company here. So obviously, uh, everyone on, on the roster at this point kind of facing this open road in that sense. So for you, uh, as you, you had said, you know, 17 year veteran, a guy that uh, maybe is de- would definitely past that, that stage where you're, you're uh, you know, wrestling any, any, any given show in any given town now moving forward. I mean, and the wrestling world being, being what it is uh, you know, the independent scene is very, very hot these days, but with the, the opportunity trying to be positive about the opportunity to be uh, on the open market, on the, on the open circuit there, uh, what's kind of your uh, mindset about uh, this this next chapter as, as you prepare to for, for whatever's next? Um, well, going forward, no, firstly, I'll be with uh, New Japan, New Japan Strong coming up here for their dates. So you'll be able to see me touring around with them a good bit. That'll be very fun. Um, that's definitely, you know, New Japan for wrestling is one of the biggest companies in the entire world in general. So... You know, incredible opportunity there to be able to hopefully go and tour Japan with them as soon as their national travel kind of becomes easier. Um, the independence around the States, you know, and again, not that I'm not open to uh, doing any dates around, 
it's just it's never been like the biggest priority i think at my point right now because there is so much talent out there i think that is very very eager and hungry to prove themselves and god bless them for it man they are willing to go out there they have you can just see the uh the, the life in their eyes when, they, when i see them in the ring in the locker rooms and i meet them the people i haven't seen in a long time you know and i just see how energetic and enigmatic they are still to be like in those ring getting the opportunities that they're getting because it is still a boom period for the independence and it's incredible because i can name a good few guys that like they're their own little uh undiscovered diamonds you know what i mean they're 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 just waiting for someone to kind of come along and like pick them up and like these guys are incredible talents and they've been incredible for years but it just needs to get kind of like the right time, right place for them in order for them to be able to shine. And I hope that, uh, you know, those days are coming soon. A lot of these good people I know from the West, you know, there's a lot of markets coming out here open, I think. And it's going to get a lot of highlights, people from the West Coast. And it's hard to break out of the West Coast, man. It's been for a long time because it's always been considered kind of like an island in the uh, independent wrestling world just because, like you drive for like six hours out anywhere on the east and you go through like three or four states. You drive for six hours on the west and you've gone through nowhere. You're still in California. Right, right. So, and there's not any big companies that are based out this way. They're all based out usually out east and the west are like nothing's based out of the west coast. So it's kind of always been a hard place to uh to to grow out of in the independent wrestling world but it seems like those days are kind of at an end right now and there is a lot coming out this way it seems that there is a lot opening up out in the west and i mean if i can be any part of it i would love to you know but at the same time it's we'll see where it goes i don't know open optimism yeah absolutely you know uh i i was where you had done somewhere from new japan strong i wasn't sure if that would be the case moving forward so now you say that i've definitely come to appreciate new, new japan strong you know it's this very strong pun intended strong assembly of talent you know from across the wrestling world so with you uh being you know do, do some more work with them uh do you have anybody kind of at the top of your list of people you want to be you'd want to face uh at least among people there now that you will have the opportunity man new japan is a hotbed for incredible talent that's kind of a hard one i mean is koji kanimoto still wrestling i want to wrestle that guy uh let me see who would be really you know there's a lot of as far as new japan strong we're gonna say new japan strong uh these usa guys man uh i don't know probably tom lawler my old team my old teammate tom lawler i think me and tom might have a uh last unfinished unfinished you know business in the ring to do still you heard here. You heard it here first, folks. That'd be definitely be a very, very uh, exciting matchup there. So, uh, and and among many others, obviously, as as we're, we've been talking about here, you know, the wrestling world is definitely. Uh, you said it's, it's a boom period. You know, uh, just across the across the the landscape here, definitely a lot of room for potential, room for opportunities. We went a little out of order here, but as I said at the start of the show, you know, it's, it's December now, so the time for for retrospection. Ironically. A year to the day tomorrow, you signed your W, your, or at least WWE announced the signing of your contract for the Performance Center. So if that, you know, it's just wild to kind of look back on again the year that's been. You know, going from that, that same day, you debuted on NXT TV, then you worked uh, worked with Malcolm Bivens, then worked with the Diamond Mind eventually, and unfortunately got released shortly thereafter. But um, 
maybe just to start off generally, you know, a bit of a whirlwind going from signing to, to debuting and then not, not too, too long in thereafter, uh, getting a spot in, in Diamond like that. You know, what's your kind of general look back on, on your time with WWE uh, sitting here today? Well, nothing but good. I mean, the entire time I was there, it, was, it went very, very well, man. It was treated very well by uh, the powers that be all in charge. You know, the coaches were always incredible. Got to work with some incredible, you know, athletes. And uh, even the guys that are the Diamond Mine right now, they're incredible dudes, man. I can tell you right now, they're going to do some amazing things. Those Casper brothers, they're incredibly talented. You know, Roderick Strong really is a great teacher. And that's he really fulfills that role, I think, a lot. And uh, Malcolm was nothing but, like, Malcolm is a great dude. You know, we didn't really know each other too well outside of uh, before we started working together there in WWE. Uh, we just never worked in the same companies really, uh, but we knew a lot of the same people. So it was easily, it was easy to connect right away once me and him started working together and we just had a good chemistry together right away. And we just, we, I enjoyed it and he was a good dude, man. I miss him. You know, we still talk. Um, it was a good time. And I mean, yeah, the last year, man, it's been completely very fulfilling. And very, very fulfilling, I would say, man. No, no bad taste about it at all whatsoever. So, you know, made a lot of money, got a big name out of it, and uh, man, we'll see what happens going forward. If you had to pick, you know, I get you got to have, you know, several opportunities with your time in WWE, but if you had to pick kind of a favorite, favorite match, favorite moment between your work, did some work with Timothy Thatcher, did some work with you were talking about uh, Bivens there, and also just with the Diamond Mind, you know, any, any one particularly stand out? Uh, looking back on it, every <clears throat> match would probably definitely be the uh, Tommaso Ciampa match. It was a good, good moment where, like, hey, just go out there and they're like, just let's see all your stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. And he's, you know, amazing in the fact that he's uh, been there for so long, right? And he's the guy that could easily try and like procure his spot and uh, safeguard himself. But you know, he was like, yeah, give me all your stuff. Let me see, like, give me everything you got. Like, let's put it out there. Let's, let's, let's let him see it. So props to Champa for always trying to be one to always try to help the new guy coming in get over. Uh, that's something, something he's definitely renowned for and uh, deserves a lot of respect for that. So uh, otherwise, we're going to see here as someone that had been there. You, you came in at a, in a very interesting time. Obviously, maybe not so much immediately when he came in, but, you know, shortly right around your departure or like not too long before that, uh, but especially after the, the XT brand definitely made some drastic changes to the, to the, to the roster, to the personnel, to, and obviously the, to, to the surface of the NXT 2.0 rebrand, where we've seen much more of an emphasis on characters and everything. And I just feel kind of compelled to ask, you know, as we were talking about earlier for you, a guy that very much, you know, more of this, this mat based wrestling, more of this, you know, uh, all about the basics and, and, and Mary Bonder, you know, very much what we've seen has been the emphasis on pure wrestling for you, you know, with NXT 2.0, it feels like it's very, very different from that. Whereas the NXT of old, very much more aligned with that. So just kind of what are your thoughts on kind of where the NXT brand has um, progressed to at this point, kind of compared to the way it was maybe when you arrived and just kind of the way it continues to evolve like that. I'm sorry, what was the question exactly? Just like, you know, especially quite literally NXT has a show on Sunday. It'll be the old school versus the new school. So it's, it's they're literally making a whole thing of it, of the way the NXT used to be, which was yeah. very much, you know, wrestling. And, and I, was, I was saying for you, a guy that's, 
you know, we, as we were talking about very, you know, mat based, the basics and uh, very much in Ring of Honor, that pure wrestling kind of sense, whereas the new school on NXT, the 2.0 kind of thing, very much more flash characters, you know, very much seemingly in, in contrast to that. So just kind of as someone that was there when it was still in that uh, NXT of quote unquote of old style, the NXT of the, the black and gold brand, if you will, where is it where uh, as we see it now? You know, just kind of your general thoughts on, on that progression um, as someone that had uh, spent some time there. Uh, it's definitely a big switch. Uh, it's kind of odd to see, I will say, Kyle O'Reilly, who did the match of the year, not for NXT, but for all of WWE, you know, in 2020 there with uh, Finn Balor match of the year. And now he's just a tag team guy, you know, not getting entrances, it looks like. It's kind of odd. Uh, incredibly, you know, one of the, probably the best, one of the best wrestlers they have in the entire company, WWE. And this utilization has just changed, you know, different format, different style they're trying to do. And uh, it's just a different, this, uh, they were just, I don't know, man. I mean, that's, it's kind of hard to say about that. You know what I mean? Cause it's not like it's bad. It's just different. You know, it's a different style, different flavor. Like I said, like, like with, you know, Matt wrestling, I said, that's my style. It's not everyone's style. It's not everyone's taste. It's, my taste. This is what I prefer. Some people don't prefer it. Some people think it's boring. So it's kind of like that with the new NXT. You know, it's not my taste, but some people it is, I think. Some people like it. They enjoy it. They enjoy the flashier content. They enjoy the more charismatic characters that are coming out with it now, I think. And nothing wrong with it. That's just, that's the WWE style. That's what they're doing now. And, you know, I mean, everything in time always comes with change. Everything's always going to be change and adapt, change and adapt throughout life. And I think that's just where NXT's at now. It's just, hey, that was that was NXT and it was great while it lasted. And now it's time to change and adapt and do something different. So, And that, that's the beautiful thing about wrestling. You know, whether you like it or don't, in this case, well, if you like the new style or, or if you don't, you know, whatever, like whatever it is, there's always plenty of you're able to find whatever style that you do enjoy anywhere across the wrestling world here so to circle back and wrap, wrap up you know as you kind of move forward here with your career we're talking about kind of looking for those meaningful opportunities we're talking about some of the work that we're doing with new japan strong but maybe in a more uh, broader sense do you kind of plan to um what we we had talked about maybe not in this uh go doing any random show but like would you ideally want to be signed somewhere like if you had a goal let's say for a year from now would you want to have an, like another kind of full-time deal or, or would you want to kind of have the freedom to do new japan strong among other things like what, what's the kind of thought about uh maybe the, some of those kind of goals moving forward i mean ideally yeah a certified deal would always be like the best option this is always my to know your bills are being paid every month without having to always constantly do the hustle uh, for getting the bookings, but at the same time, there's nothing against it, and as long as I'm able to keep it up and you know, wrestling is staying profitable, then I'll stay in the industry. But when the day comes that hey, I'm not you know profitable anymore, when the day comes that it's like maybe you need to uh, take a step back and reassess things, then maybe that's the day that I decide wrestling's not for me anymore. Maybe my time has come at that point. You know, as long as it stays uh consistent right now and right now it is it's going very well you know there's a lot going on um lucha Boom's also going to be returning soon and i'm very good connections with lucha Boom. so that, those are really fun shows if you're out on the west coast and you can get a chance to check them out check out lucha Boom. those are it's a great it's a one-of-a-kind show to see you know what i mean 
So as long as there's still a place in the world, uh, regardless if it's with a contracted company like AEW or if ROH returns and they start doing contracts again uh, or New Japan, you know, or if it's not that, then it's just freelancing throughout the wrestling industry, which is really simply what the original wrestling world is always based around. Like, hey, guys, we just go from territory to territory, um, whatever it be, as long as it's possible and it's working, then it's working. But for me right now, I think I'm just kind of taking it as it comes and seeing how this next year is and assessing it kind of, you know, day at a time, man. Well, that's all there is to it. And very much fingers crossed that that will go well for you. They will have a very bright and, and promising future, which I believe you do. So with that, do you want to plug you any socials or anything like that before we get out of here? Uh, just the Twitter and the uh, Instagram, brother, at underscore Taylor Rust. I mean, I'm not the best guy at social media, you know. Uh, but it's there. Follow me. Follow it. Check it out. I don't know. It's there. Well, there you go. Well, Taylor, <laughs> I th- thank you so much. For, I thank you so much for your time today. I wish you the very, very best in moving forward. Um, and obviously, again, it's been been quite an eventful year. And here's hoping that 2022 uh, is, is even more, as you said, fulfilling. See you all at final battle. Indeed. <laughs>